Welcome to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette, with your host Steve Garrett, MC and DJ at one of the largest Corvette weekends in the country, Corvette Fun Fest, president of the Corvette Club of Kansas City, Missouri, and radio disc jockey at the number one radio station in Kansas City for over 40 years. Here's Steve Garrett. Thanks for listening and watching Corvette Today, the show that talks about everything Corvette and the only current podcast dedicated to Corvette. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. I appreciate you tuning in. Corvette Today is brought to you by Wheelcraft. Want to dress up your Corvette with bright chrome or black chrome wheels? Visit wheelcraft.com and learn about their advanced PVD chrome finishing. They can refinish your wheels or offer a wheel exchange for most models, and it comes with a five-year warranty. Visit wheelcraft.com today or call 833-840-5334. You can listen to Corvette today on all podcast platforms. You can also listen on your smart device. Just say, hey, Google or Alexa, play the podcast called Corvette Today, and you're connected. Be sure and visit the updated Corvette Today website. It's corvettetoday.com. You can also access everything there, including the Corvette Today merchandise store. You can also join the Corvette Today Facebook group there and sign up for Corvette Today emails, notifications, and updates at corvettetoday.ck.page. And if you like YouTube, you can subscribe to the Corvette Today YouTube channel. See all Corvette Today episodes on YouTube. And be sure and patronize our flagship sponsors of Corvette today, Aerolari Wheels, a true forged wheel with over 20 different unique styles to choose from for your C8 and wide-body versions of the C7, C6, and C5 Corvettes. It's an amazing value, starting at only $23.88 for a set of four fully forged wheels. And use the promo code CT111 and get $100 off your purchase. Visit aerolari.com, that's A-E-R-O-L-A-R-R-I.com, and use the promo code CT111 for your $100 discount. Also, Petrol Vibes. Petrol Vibes brings you laser-cut automotive wall art, giving a unique look to any car enthusiast's man cave. Each piece is cut from real steel, powder-coated to last a lifetime, and free shipping worldwide at PetrolVibes.com. Use the promo code Corvette today, all one word, for a 10% discount on your total purchase. Also, MidEngineCorvetteForum.com, the forum that focuses on the new mid-engine C8 Corvette. Meet a lot of Corvette enthusiasts like yourself at MidEngineCorvetteForum.com. And a shout-out to CanadianCorvetteForum.com, welcoming Corvette owners from around the world. My guest on Corvette today makes a return appearance to the show. He was on episode number 26, which was October 2020. That's two years ago. He's back today to talk about his beautiful brand new book he's written that commemorates the 70th anniversary of Corvette. The book is called Corvette 70, The One and Only, and it's available right now. Plus, you're going to get a chance to win one of two books that we're going to give away on today's show. I want to welcome back my friend and Corvette photographer, Richard Prince. Richard Richard, welcome back to Corvette Today. Thank you, Steve. It's really my privilege and my pleasure to be back with you. Buddy, it's great to have you back on the show. First of all, this book came out this month. Talk about the idea and the motivation to put this book together. 
Well, the the idea actually originated with the publisher, Motorbooks, which is a part of a larger publishing organization called the Quarto Group. Motorbooks is the largest publisher of transportation books in the whole world, and they have a long history of producing books that celebrate milestone anniversaries for significant cars and car companies, including Corvette. So they've done 50th anniversary, 60th anniversary books. So it was the next logical book in their sequence to do a Corvette 70th anniversary book. So that's really where the idea originated. So they contacted me and asked if I would be interested in writing the book. I've done three books in the past, and in fact, all were done with motor books, but the last one was published 20 years ago. So I took a <laughs> took a big vacation from producing more books, and in fact, declined to do several books in that 20-year period, either because I wasn't interested enough in the subject matter or because I was just too busy to devote the needed time and effort. But the subject of this one, a comprehensive history of Corvette held great interest for me personally, and the timing happened to be right. I do a lot of racing photography. That's really the bulk of my work. In 2020, I photographed the entire IMSA schedule, as well I did the entire IndyCar schedule. Wow. IndyCar is sporadic for me. I think it was the seventh or eighth full season that I've done in the past 25 or 30 years. The book was really what I wanted to do in 2021. So it was a combination of the subject matter really interested me and I had the time to do it. Very nice. See, it's been two years since you've been on Corvette today and 20 years since you wrote that last book. So it's about time on both, I think, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Books take a huge commitment of time. They take a lot of self-discipline because you have to put in all of the work and all of the time and all of the effort up front and you don't see the finished product until quite a way afterward. In this case, it was just about a year and a half between when I began and a little more than a year and a half, in fact, between when I began writing and when the finished book was in my hands. So you have that long stretch of time where you have to put in the effort and the research and the writing and so on without really getting an immediate reward for all of your input. Yeah, and then you have the long stretch of time when you're waiting for the book to come out. It's kind of like making a movie, isn't it? It is in a way. The production company wraps up and the actors all go home and the catering people and uh, the grip <laughs> people and the lighting people, everybody leaves. And then there's months, sometimes even years of editing and assembling and then distributing and marketing. There's a, a long stretch of time and you have to have the right frame of mind to be able to handle that. For sure. Richard, I thought the interesting part of this book is General Motors fully cooperated and backed you on this book. Give us the backstory about GM's full buy-in for this book. Yes, they did. The vast majority of people at GM, from the highest executive leadership to the people assembling the cars on the line, the vast majority are really passionate about Corvette. And I've learned that from my own long history with the company. They love the car and they really deeply appreciate how much it means to the people around the world who love the car. Yeah. So they are, in general, very supportive of projects that celebrate Corvette's history. The publisher, Motorbooks, has their own long and very beneficial history with General Motors. It was a perfect fit when Motorbooks decided internally that they wanted to produce a 70th anniversary book celebrating that milestone in Corvette's history. They went to General Motors and it was a very fluid and easy process 
process to get GM on board, to secure a GM license, and to get GM's commitment to fully cooperate with the production of the book. And the cooperation was essential because obviously the book covers the entire history starting from the very beginning. While I personally have a long history with Corvette, I'm happy to say that I wasn't even around. I was not born yet in 1953 when the first one was produced. So in my library, I don't have the materials for the really early history of the car. So General Motors' participation and full cooperation was really essential for the success of the book. That's wonderful. And you've been involved with Corvette since the early 70s. Talk about that and your restoration shop. Yeah, it's been a long, long journey. Uh, that's what happens when time marches on. Yep. My love for Corvette began when I was a child. It was initially based purely on the car's design. The first car that I remember seeing was a C2, a 1967 Corvette. I was struck. I was immediately head over heels in love. I thought it was the most beautiful car I'd ever seen. Even as a child, I had an appreciation for cars. I grew up in a neighborhood and in a community where car was king. It was suburban New York and everybody had cars. And even within my own family, my father, my grandfather, and other relatives were car guys. I have an uncle who went from a Lancia to a GTO, to an E-Type Jag when I was five, six, seven, eight years old. So the exposure was there, but I'd not seen a Corvette prior that I recalled. And then I saw that 67 and I thought, man, that is just the most beautiful car I've ever seen. I've got to have one. I've got to get a job and start saving my money so I can buy one of these things. (laughs) Nice. As I said, that was just purely based on the appearance of the car. Because I was interested, I learned more about Corvettes and the more I knew the deeper my appreciation got. I came to love everything about them. Yeah. The long and interesting history, the engineering, the performance, the styling, and I also appreciated the accessibility of Corvettes. They were accessible to anybody willing to work hard and save their money. Everybody loves a Ferrari or a D-Type Jag or a DB3 Aston Martin. These are cars that average people can fantasize about, but very few will actually ever own one. The Corvette is a different animal altogether. It's the fantasy car, but it's one that average people can actually own. All of these things came together to make it my favorite car. There you go. Talk about how you became the official photographer for Corvette. Well, I began photographing the Corvette race program at its inception. The program began with a test car, and they ran that test car for two years, 1997 and 1998, and they managed to keep it a deep secret. Over a two-year period, I had a chance meeting with a Chevrolet marketing manager, a man named Gary Claudio. He wanted to borrow some cars that I had for a display, and he told me that this race program was coming, and I thought, well, that sounds pretty interesting. I'd love to follow this program, kind of be embedded with the team for the two years of testing and the three years of racing, and then produce a book when it's over. I was not a particularly ardent race fan, but I was a big Corvette fan, and it just sounded like fun, and it was, again, good timing. I had just sold the restoration business that my wife and I had owned and operated. We specialized in vintage Corvette restorations. We sold that and were pretty free to do what we wanted. We didn't have children. We didn't have a mortgage at that point in time. I had the luxury of being able to stick with that race program. It was going to be five years total and write a book when it was over. And I did exactly that. But I didn't write a book when it was over because it wasn't over. After the three years that General Motors had committed to, they renewed it for another year. So instead of racing 99, 2000, and then concluding in 2001, they renewed it for 2002. 
I was able to stick with it another year, and I'd come that far. So I said, okay, I'll keep following for another year, and then I'll produce a book. And then at the end of 2001, they renewed it another year. <laughs> and then they renewed it another year. It reached a point for me that I thought, I really enjoy doing this. I don't want to call it quits. And if I call it quits now, then I'm not completing what I started, and I always like to complete what I started. So I decided to stay there, stay in the racing arena. It's hard to believe, looking back, but in those early years, there was no official photographer for the Corvette Racing Program. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. It just seemed natural at the time, though. Nobody thought too deeply about it, and they sort of had an unofficial photographer in me. It was very convenient because I was at all the races and already had relationships with people at Chevrolet and their ad agency. So when they needed photos, I got the call, and I was licensing photos for their win ads and their press kits and autograph cards and posters and banners and other uses, but I was not contracted directly to Chevrolet as the official photographer. When they renewed the program in 2002 to do one more year, I thought, well, let's see if we can go one step further. And I wrote a very detailed, very passionate proposal that went to some leadership at Chevrolet. My basic argument was, you now have the most successful GT racing program in the world, and you're racing at a level where it's pretty ridiculous not to have a dedicated photographer. So for literally a fraction of 1% of your budget, you can have somebody there devoted entirely to this program. If you think you should, by the way, I am available. So <laughs> that's how that happened. They agreed with the assertions that I made, and I believe it was starting in the 2005 season, I was contracted directly to General Motors. It was a few years later when the company was going through its bankruptcy reorganization that my relationship was reorganized along with a lot of other things. And in, I believe it was 2008, I went through a process and became what they call a tier one supplier to General Motors, which to this day, I still find kind of amusing because technically I'm in the same category as every other tier one supplier to the company. So that includes some Michelin and Goodyear and Johnson Controls and <laughs> Lear and Bosch. Wow. So, yeah, it's been a very interesting relationship because their tier one direct suppliers are typically global corporations, providing them with 600,000 modules and a million 200,000 seats and 330,000 wire harnesses and so on and so forth. It's typically not one individual providing a direct service. It's been glorious. It's been a really, really satisfying relationship, and it's been good for both of us, very mutually beneficial. Yeah. A very devoted to the company. I love the company and its history. And I think they would agree that I have consistently gone above and beyond to provide great service to them and to help them do what they do, which is build and market cars. Absolutely right. You're in great company in that tier one group, Richard, that's for sure. And that was really centered around the racing photography, and I've served as Corvette racing photographer ever since. I've also done Cadillac racing photography directly for the company since, well, I think this is my 20th year, actually. Amazing. Enjoy the privilege of providing a lot of production car photography to all of GM's divisions. What a great gig, buddy. That's awesome. You know, your work and photographs have appeared in over 400 different publications. Talk a little about that. Do a little name dropping, okay? Uh, sure. That, of course, has evolved considerably in recent years as the publishing world has evolved considerably. 
I actually started as a writer. I started producing editorial content while we were still running our restoration business. I started writing a column for Randy Riggs at Vet Magazine. The column led to other writing, feature stories and technical stories, and those required photography, so I suddenly found myself a photographer, and that was initially only in support of my writing. I never dreamed that the photography would take on a life of its own. In a pretty short period of time, I went from writing a column for enjoyment because I had a business with a dozen employees to operate, but it took on a life of its own, and pretty soon I had two new jobs, <laughs> writing and photography for the editorial world. And that just grew exponentially. I was writing at least one and sometimes as many as four monthly columns for different magazines. And I was typically, on average, doing five or six or seven articles a month. That spread to outside the borders of the USA. I, at one point, was doing a lot of work for a Japanese magazine, of all things. Wow. There's been occasional articles or photography for magazines all over Europe. When I started shooting racing, when Corvette went racing at Daytona in 1999, the more experienced race photographers who had already been there in that world for a number of years, one after another, they all said the same thing, which was, don't give up your day job. Don't stop what you're doing outside of racing because racing's fickle. It comes and goes. The good paying work is unusual. It's hard to come by and it's here today and gone tomorrow. The car companies are in and out of racing, the oil companies, the tire companies, the corporate involvement comes and goes. So don't get used to it and don't give up your day job. <laughs> So I followed their advice. I didn't give up my day job. I kept writing, kept doing photography for editorial clients in the U.S. and, as I said, elsewhere all around the world. The racing never went away. Thank goodness for that. Now, you've also done a lot of photography for other car brands. Drop a few car brand names that you've worked for as well. Yes, that's been exciting and interesting and a privilege in every case. I've had the privilege of working with most of the major manufacturers uh, to one extent or another. Some were one-off projects. Some were or still are occasional photo shoots. Others were longer and more sustained. I had a stretch of five or six years with Ferrari where I did a huge volume of work for them. All the Ferrari Challenge races, they did these extensive rallies, parties, events. I've done a lot for Chrysler over the years, much of their Viper production photography, all the Viper racing photography and challengers and so on. I did entire race seasons for Aston Martin, for Peugeot, Jaguar for several years. Occasional projects here and there for Mercedes, Audi, Mazda, Bentley, Genesis. But hey, variety is the spice of life, and I can't say I've ever had even not a miserable experience. I've never had a bad experience with any of the car companies. Each produces its own challenges, but they're all different, and they're all interesting. I'm sure it is. Well, buddy, let's take our first break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about the book, Corvette 70 Years, the one and only, with the author, Richard Prince, the official Corvette photographer, here on Corvette Today. We all know that wheels make the car. Wheelcraft will help you take your Corvette to new levels. Wheelcraft offers the world's best PVD chrome finish available on the market. Available in bright chrome and black chrome. Wheelcraft nails it in both appearance and durability. And it comes with a five-year warranty against brake dust burns, pitting, peeling, and color delimination. Wheelcraft is also ISO certified. Whether you're having your wheels refinished or an exchange transaction, there is no core fee, no deposit, and you don't pay for the finished wheels until they are installed on your car. Wheelcraft in 
insists on complete satisfaction before you pay. Hear from one of our customers. I picked up a brochure at the National Corvette Museum and we took delivery of our new C8. I called Wheelcraft and in 15 minutes I ordered the new bright ice chrome wheels. Wheelcraft's follow-up and follow-through is superb. The wheels arrived on Sunday, installed on Monday, and cores will return same day. The wheels are the highest quality I've ever seen and they look awesome. Great prices, great customer service from initial contact to installation. Thanks, Dennis from Nashville. In many cases, Wheelcraft offers finished wheels on exchange or will apply this new finish to your wheels. Either way, Wheelcraft treats your wheels as their own. Visit our website at wheelcraft.com or call us at 833-840-5334. Arrive in style with Wheelcraft. The Radiator Grill Store offers protection for your C8's front radiators and side intakes. They also carry front strut tower covers to prevent rusting and pooling water, all with do-it-yourself installation. Get 10% off your total purchase with promo code CT10. See the full line of products at radiatorgrillstore.com. When you want to buy a Corvette, or any Chevrolet for that matter, get yours from Hendrick Chevrolet Shawnee Mission located in Kansas City. Hendrick Chevrolet is the largest Corvette dealership and showroom in the Midwest. With a knowledgeable sales staff and Corvette sales specialists on hand, they'll help you build the Corvette of your dreams, and they ship nationwide. With Corvette certified master mechanics on site and a huge parts department, with over 24,000 parts and $2 million in inventory, Hendrick Chevrolet is well equipped to take care of your every need. From sales to service to collision repair, Hendrick Chevrolet has you covered. Visit ChevyUSA.com or call 913-384-1550. VetFinders.com is the Internet's original Corvette classified ads website, with classified ads starting at just $25, and every ad runs until your Corvette is sold. If you're in the market for a Corvette, VetFinders.com has over 500 Corvettes for sale from all around the USA and Canada and covering all eight generations. Visit VetFinders.com, the Internet's destination for buying and selling Corvettes. That's V-E-T-T-E, Finders.com. Check out the first Corvette-only auction website at 427stingray.com slash Corvette today. You can sign up to bid and comment on more than 40 Corvettes every week. That's 427stingray.com slash Corvette today. Join the community. You're enjoying the only current podcast on Corvettes, Corvette Today. Hey, thanks again for listening and watching Corvette Today, the show that talks about everything Corvette. Brought to you by Wheelcraft. Want to dress up your Corvette with bright chrome or black chrome wheels? Visit wheelcraft.com and learn about their advanced PVD chrome finishing. They can refinish your wheels or offer a wheel exchange for most models, and it comes with a five-year warranty. Visit wheelcraft.com or call them at 833-840-5334. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. With me today is the official Corvette photographer, Richard Prince. Richard has just written a book called Corvette 70 Years, The One and Only. As a matter of fact, in section number three, I'm going to tell you how you can win one of two of these books from Richard. In the second segment, we're going to talk about actually putting the book together. Richard, talk about how long it took to put this project together from start to finish. Well, writing the text and assembling all of the photographs and the other visual materials that are in the book took exactly one year. I began early in January of 2021, 
my obligation was to deliver the complete manuscript and all of the visual materials by the end of the year, and I did. It was December 31st, 2001 when I delivered. So that was a solid one year, and then, though technically my responsibility was finished, I ended up playing an active role in the editing and layout processes, and that took another, I'll say about another three, three and a half months early in 2022. Wow. The pictures and the photography are spectacular. Obviously, you took many of these pictures. How long did it take to assemble all these pictures for the book, and where did you get some of the other pictures? I worked on gathering and organizing the photography and the other visuals that were used in the book throughout all of 2021. So I didn't start with the writing, complete that, and then move on to the photography. It was a continuous process, sort of a fluid process. So in between my travel and my other work obligations, whenever I was home, I had time set aside. I was simultaneously working on the writing and the photography. I dug deep into my own library, which generally goes back to the early mid-1990s. I dove deep into the GM Media Archive, which was an invaluable resource. I spent in total about three or three and a half weeks spread over six visits to Michigan to do in-person research at the GM Media Archive. Wow. Yeah, I got probably two-thirds or close to two-thirds of the visuals that are in the book from the archive. A little bit of a surreal experience there, in the <laughs> beginning at least, was I would put in some search terms into their system and then get selects that their algorithms produce. It was a little bit of a surreal shock when my own photos started coming up. Wow, nice. Yeah, after more than 20 years of providing photography to GM, there are thousands of my photos in the system, but I normally am not there doing research, so I don't have a chance to keep coming across them. So that was a fun part of the experience. And of course, going back to the earlier days, the 1950s, 1960s, 70s, into the 80s and into the 90s, the GM Media Archive is a treasure trove. It's a really, really rich resource. Richard, what was the best part about putting this book together? And what was the most challenging part about doing this project? Uh, well, there were a lot of best parts, a lot of really positive aspects of it. One of the most satisfying parts of creating the book was having the opportunity to recognize as many of the individuals who are responsible for Corvette's survival and success. I wrote something about this in the acknowledgments. We're all familiar with the big names, the chief engineers, the chief designers, and the really high-level GM executives who give us Corvette, who support it and who nurture it and who have done so over the years. But they're really just the tip of the iceberg, and there are countless thousands of people who are involved with every aspect of the car and have been for its entire 70-year history, and most of them are completely unknown. And that bothers me that so many people who played a really profound role in creating this car and nurturing it and bettering it every step of the way are anonymous. So I went out of my way to try to identify as many people as possible. Designers, engineers, clay modelers, marketing people, the people who took the car racing. Of course, I could only scratch the surface because there's so many over a 70-year period. But being able to identify and to recognize a few dozen or a few score was very satisfying for me. The most challenging part, I would say, is probably fitting all that I wanted to say and, and <laughs> all that could be said into the space of one book. 
It's 70 years is a long time, and it's the car with a super rich history. There's so many variants, and there were so many show cars and one-off styling exercises and engineering exercises. Of course, a long, rich racing history. There was a lot to say, and practically speaking, as with everything in life, you have a certain amount of time and a certain amount of space. So that was the most challenging part, trying to say it all. Absolutely right. Talk about your favorite generation of Corvette, and talk about what generation posed the biggest challenge when you were putting this book together. I sincerely do appreciate and love each generation. Each generation has a unique character, and each has contributed to the whole Corvette story. Like everybody else, I do have a favorite, and that is the C2. To me, it brings everything together. The styling is gorgeous. To me, it's timeless. It was gorgeous when the 63 was introduced, and here we are 60 years later. And I think it's every bit as beautiful and timely and compelling now as it was all those years ago. Beyond the styling, the C2 really brought the Corvette into what was then the modern era. The C1, when the 53 was designed and engineered in 1950, into 53. The auto industry was back on its feet, but a lot of resources and time had been devoted to the war effort and a lot of what came out of Detroit immediately following World War II and in the few years after the war relied on technology that had been developed prior to the war. So certain aspects of the Corvette chassis, its suspension, its steering, its engine, its powertrain can be traced back to the period before the war, to the 1930s, when the C2 was designed. There were, of course, limitations, cost considerations, time considerations, and of course, technology restraints. But the car was updated in many relevant ways for 1963. It got an independent rear suspension. It got a much more modern ball-jointed, double wishbone front suspension, recirculating ball steering system. All these were significant advances from where the C1 was at got powertrain updates. The chassis itself was much better. There was some use of rudimentary computer design assistance that went into that. So for me, the C2 brought together the most beautiful styling. I think it's still the most beautiful styling. And it also created a car that was, for the time period, an astounding performance machine. They were among the fastest production cars in the world at the time. And though obviously the march of technology has passed them by by a wide, wide margin, you can still get into a C2 and you will have no problem keeping pace with modern freeway traffic, with dealing with obstacles in the road or slippery roads. It's still a car to this day, 60 plus years after it was created, that you can drive comfortably under any circumstances. That's really why it's my favorite generation. That 63 split window brought me into the world of Corvette, and I love the C2s as well, buddy. That's for sure. You know, the read on this book is just outstanding. Talk about how you were able to assemble all the information for this book. I began with an outline that created the organizational framework for the book. And in general, it's organized chronologically, which to me made the most sense. It's a history book covering 70 years. And I think most people think in a chronological way when they think of the history of anything. So you start at the beginning and run through the timeline and conclude with the present and maybe have a look into the future. So that was a starting point, a chronological outline. And then I broke that down into distinct chapters for each generation and 
different aspects of each generation. The production cars, the ongoing development for each generation, racing for each generation, and the one-off styling and engineering exercises for each generation. Working with that outline, I sort of filled in all the information, much of which was already in my head. That comes from a lifetime of owning and restoring and driving and enjoying and photographing and, of course, writing about the cars. So a lot of the history is already in my mind, but of course there was a lot more to learn. And that was another really enjoyable aspect of the project was furthering my own knowledge and my own understanding. I have a large library of books, magazine articles, and other printed materials. So I consulted that frequently. As we discussed already, I had complete access to the GM Media Archives. And that is an incredible resource. The photos, of course, tell a story, but beyond the photos, there is a huge treasure trove of documents in the GM Media Archive, engineering documents, design documents, internal letters, etc. The more you look, the more you learn. I was only able to scratch the surface because one lifetime wouldn't be enough. There are, I'm told, somewhere between 15 and 16 million items in the GM Media Archive. Wow. Yeah, so... There's a lot to look at, but there's a lot to learn. So I learned a great deal from my time spent there. When it came to more recent Corvette history, and by that I mean the last 40 or so years, the C4 era forward, I was able in many cases to go to people with firsthand knowledge, including some people who are still with GM, design leader Kirk Benyon, for example, Corvette product marketing manager Harlan Charles. I was also able to reach out to retirees, Gib Huffstater, who had an incredible career with GM that began in 1959. He was a design engineer who did a lot of work with Corvette. Over the years, John Cafaro, design team member for C4, chief designer for C5, executive director for Global Chevrolet Design for C7 and C8. These are examples of people who I was able to reach out to directly to call or email when I had questions or needed more information, needed to fill in some blanks. Without exception, they were all extremely generous with their time. So that was a huge, huge help to be able to reach out to people who are at GM, people who were at GM. And then I also was able to tap into resources in the larger Corvette community. There are people out there with intense expertise, incorporating that into the book and hopefully producing a more more interesting, more informative, and more accurate book. There you go. Well, buddy, let's take our final break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how you can buy a book and how you can win a book. We're with Richard Prince, the official Corvette photographer and the writer of a brand new book called Corvette 70 Years, the one and only, right here on Corvette Today. Are you ready for a better insurance policy without the Corvette tax? With agreed value protection, the value of your collector vehicle will never change. Plus, you'll save money. Get a quick quote at ncminsurance.com. Hey, honey, are you awake? Mm, I am now. I can't sleep. Since turning 50, I keep dreaming of a red door and a blue door, somehow knowing there are only choices for retirement. Okay. Through the red door, we outlive our money. We have to rely on our kids. We're stuck on a fixed income. It's terrifying. Yeah, that would suck. But through the blue door, our money outlives us. We retire on our terms. Our kids stay our kids, not our caretakers. We make work optional. Yes, that's much better. That's what 
I want too. But what do we do? We call True Wealth and Company at 913-653-8783. They specialize in helping successful people make work optional. They're our fiduciary Blue Door personal wealth managers. Hey, where are you going? It's 3 a.m. I can't sleep. I'm going to check out True Wealth and Company online at retirewithtrue.com. That Blue Door is going to be our retirement. 913-653-8783. Visit us online at retirewithtrue.com. Investment advice offered through True Wealth and Company, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Kansas. American Hydrocarbon is your one-stop shop for custom interior, exterior, and engine bay items for your C4 through C8 Corvette. We can help you create a custom look for your Corvette with carbon fiber or 10 different color patterns and styles. Whether it's a custom-made engine cover for your new C8 mid-engine Corvette or custom-made C4 interior upgrades. American Hydrocarbon can help you transform your Corvette into a best-in-class show car. And now we're proud to announce that we can produce and distribute officially licensed GM products for the C8 Corvette. That includes the front splitter, side skirts, engine appearance panels, and engine fluid caps. Plus, we now also carry the C8 Speedline side skirts along with the engine appearance package and high wing. Our products have been featured in Vet and Corvette magazines. Give us a call, 813-477- 5638. Visit our updated website at AmericanHydrocarbon.com or email us at pat at AmericanHydrocarbon.com. Let us help you make your Corvette the car you've always wanted it to be. American Hydrocarbon. MidAmerica Motorworks has been the industry leader and aftermarket supplier and manufacturer of Corvette replacement parts and accessories since 1974. We have what you need for all years and generations of Corvette. Whether you need a door panel or a seat cover for your C1 Corvette or the latest shirt, jacket, hat, or lifestyle accessory to complement your new C8, you can get it at MidAmerica Motorworks. So if you're restoring, repairing, replacing, or simply researching your Corvette, MidAmerica Motorworks is the place to go. Visit our website at mamotorworks.com and shop Corvettes by generation or specific year. Or call us Monday through Saturday, toll-free at 800-500-1500 and talk to one of our Corvette experts to help you get the right part or accessory. Pursue your passion with MidAmerica Motorworks. And now, back to the only current podcast on Corvettes, Corvette Today, with your host, Steve Garrett. Hey, thanks once again for listening and watching Corvette Today, the show that talks about everything Corvette. Brought to you by Wheelcraft. Want to dress up your Corvette with bright chrome or black chrome wheels? Visit wheelcraft.com and learn about their advanced PVD chrome finishing. They can refinish your wheels or offer a wheel exchange for most models, and it comes with a five-year warranty. Visit wheelcraft.com or call them, 833 833- 840-5334. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. With me today is Corvette official photographer, Richard Prince. Richard has a brand new book out right now called Corvette 70, The One and Only. As a matter of fact, in this segment, we're going to talk about giving away two books, so stick around. Richard, before we get into all that, I love how you incorporated into the book Corvette Racing. All those pictures were taken by you, obviously. Talk about getting Corvette Racing involved in this project. Well, in the 1950s, General Motors was simply the mightiest industrial concern on earth. And Chevrolet, its largest division, was the highest volume vehicle producer in existence. They made millions of cars per year. When Corvette was created, Chevrolet's marketing people really knew nothing about selling a low-volume specialty sports car. This really hampered the launch of Corvette and its early sales. And in fact, as a lot of people know, Corvette almost came to an unceremonious end before it even really had a chance to get going. 
a handful of passionate people within Chevrolet's ranks who loved the car and believed in its potential, had some ideas about how to market the car and how to improve it. A big part of that was racing, getting the car into competition. They got going with that at the end of 1955, starting with some speed runs on the beach in Daytona. That led in 56 to a four-car effort at Sebring in the same 12 hours of Sebring. The racing side of Corvette was off and running. Now, with the benefit of hindsight, we know that these early visionaries, that included Harley Earl, Bill Mitchell, and Zora Duntov, and John Fitch, and others, that they were entirely correct. Racing was essential if Corvette was to survive in the marketplace, and it was essential if it was to keep pace with evolving technology and to keep up with and stay ahead of other sports and high-performance cars that were available to people. Over time, racing has just grown more important, especially in the modern era with the full factory effort that began with the C5 in the late 1990s. Racing and production Corvettes have grown closer and closer, never more so than with the C8 and the C8R. The race car and the production car were developed simultaneously. The racing has produced an infinitely better Corvette. And it has also done a great deal to demonstrate to the world that this is not just a pretty face. It's a really serious performance car. Yes, you can take it to work every day. It's entirely civilized. The air conditioning works great. The stereo (laughs) works great. The chassis controls and the assists and all the safety features are state-of-the-art. But if you want to put that car on a racetrack, do track days or wheel-to-wheel competition, it's entirely capable of it. So racing is a huge part of Corvette's heritage, and it's integral to the car's success. It was only a natural that I would include a chapter for each generation of racing. That's great, and I loved it because I learned more about the early days of Corvette racing because of the book, and I thought that was fantastic. All right, Richard, it's time to talk about where someone can get a book, how much does it cost, and we're going to give away a couple copies. How's that sound? That sounds great. The book is available. It's in hand. It's available anywhere books are sold. The publisher directly, that's Motor Books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, retails for $60. Anyone who wants to buy a signed copy of the book can buy it directly from me. The best way to do that is to either contact me via email. That's richard at rprincephoto.com. So it's richard at rprince. P-H-O-T-O dot com, or you can call me. My number is 631-427-0460, and I'll be happy to ship you out a signed copy if you want a personalized note for yourself, or if you want to buy one as a gift for somebody in your life who really loves Corvettes, I'd be delighted to help you out. That's awesome. And your publisher has given us a couple books to give away. All you have to do is to get into this is write to me personally, Steve at CorvetteTodayPodcast.com. Give me your name, your full mailing address. For the next two weeks, you'll be in the running for one of these two Corvette 70 Years, the one and only book. Richard, thank you again for coming back on Corvette Today. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Congratulations on this book. It looks phenomenal. It's a fantastic book. I can't thank you enough for coming back on the show. Well, thank you for your kind words, Steve, and thank you also for what you do. Uh, The podcast is fabulous, and I think it provides a great voice and great opportunities for Corvette lovers everywhere. 
So I thank you for your service to the larger Corvette community. Thanks for listening to Corvette Today. And please be sure to tell your family, friends, and other Corvette enthusiasts about the Corvette Today podcast. And thanks to our sponsors, Wheelcraft. Want to dress up your Corvette with bright chrome or black chrome wheels? Visit wheelcraft.com to learn about their advanced PVD chrome finishing. They can refinish your wheels or offer a wheel exchange for most models, and it comes with a five-year warranty. Visit wheelcraft.com today or call 833-840-5334. American Hydrocarbon at American Hydrocarbon. Com, True Wealth and Company at RetireWithTrue.com. Also, Aerolari Wheels. Get $100 off your purchase with the new promo code CT111 at Aerolari.com. MidAmerica Motorworks at MAMotorworks.com. And Hendrick Chevrolet in Kansas City at ChevyUSA.com. You've been listening to Corvette Today with Steve Garrett. If you'd like to contact Steve with any thoughts on the podcast or ideas for guests on Corvette Today, you can email him at stevegarrettdj at gmail.com. That's stevegarrettdj at gmail.com. Garrett has two R's and two T's. Or connect with Steve on social media on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram using at stevegarrettdj. Thanks again for listening to Corvette Today.